0: As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner. This is Friday, and I know you're getting ready for a big weekend. And if you need somebody to pray with you for whatever you're going to be doing this weekend, let us know how to pray with you or just for anything that's on your heart. Just call us 1-800-742-5593 or write to us at prayer at renner.org. The moment we hear from you, we're going to begin to really pray for you. Last night before I went to bed, right after home group, I laid in my bed and I prayed for you. And friends, if you need somebody to pray with you and you don't have anybody else to reach out to, reach out to us because we'll really pray for you. And we want you to get... The free download, it's called Dressed to Kill. The whole title is, you don't have to take it anymore because you are dressed to kill. It is quite an amazing free gift. Denise, we put a lot of work into these study guides. And friends, we want you to have it. And it comes with an accompanying series, which is 10 parts, and it comes with the book. And by the way, just as we sit down here tonight, I was reflecting on when I wrote this book, and it dawned on me, this year, this book, is 30 years old, 30 years old. People have been using this book for 30 years. And you know, this book was amazing because even before it was published, I sent the rough manuscript of this book to Kenneth Hagan. And I said, Brother Hagin, I just wanna know if you have any thoughts about this book. Well, I got a phone call from his associate whose name was Tony Cook, who today is my very good friend. And Tony said, you know, Brother Hagan would like to use part of this manuscript in an upcoming seminar. Well, I was shocked that Brother Hagen laid it on the pulpit and read verbatim, word by word, from this book. And of course, Brother Hagen was very respected, so people began to buy this book. And today, people all over the world read Dress to Kill, and they really like it because it has pictures. We all like pictures. And here are photos that show the illustrations that show the different pieces of armor that God has given to us. It is just an amazing book. And if you don't have yours, please get yours. You can do it by going to runner.org you can get all of this at runner.org. And when you go there, be sure to go to the store because there is so much there, which we have provided for you. But we're so glad you're with us tonight. And Denise, you look really pretty tonight.
1: Well, thank you, Rick. And home group, excuse me, welcome. We're so glad that you're with us. And are you enjoying listening and hearing and learning about the armor of God? It's such a powerful weapon against the enemy. The Lord's will for us is he sees us as victors. Amen. We're not victims. We're victors. And Jesus even said, You're not just a conqueror, you're more than a
0: conqueror. Amen, Denise.
1: I love even saying it really.
0: Oh, and Maxime, we welcome you to Home Group.
1: I'm happy to be here. And Pastor Rick, like I said it last time, the subject of spiritual warfare
2: and the subject of Of all all our weaponry, it's your specialty and I love when you teach it. Thank you. Paul, welcome to Home Group. Hi, everybody. Thank you for being here. I'm glad that I can be here one more time with you. Receive whatever the Lord has prepared for you tonight. Well, when you come to Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul describes what he
0: calls the weapons of God which have been provided to us by the Lord. This belongs to every single one of us. And the very first program, I said that there were seven pieces of weaponry. And so far this week, we've been looking at all of them one by one. We began with the loin belt. So Paul, hold up that loin belt. Hey, here's the loin belt. We've already covered the loin belt. I don't want to cover it again, but it's the most important piece of weaponry. It is your Bible. This represents the Bible. The Bible holds everything together. Then the Roman soldier had a breastplate. And this is the example of a breastplate. He had two pieces, one that went down the front, one that went down the back, The Bible calls it the breastplate of righteousness. God has given us righteousness. It covers all of our defects. My friends, God has declared us righteousness. We are covered. Amen. 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 Denise.
1: I just had a word of knowledge. Somebody's watching us right now and you are sick and you're laying there. You're sitting there. But this is the word of God. And the Bible says that the word of God itself contains healing. And I want you to take the healing power of God as you listen to this word, because it's not just words. It's words that contain God. And God is reaching out to you right now through this program, through these words, healing. And I speak healing to your body right now.
0: Amen. Then the Roman soldier had shoes, which are called shoes of peace. So Paul grabbed the sandal. Okay, here are shoes. And this was the Roman shoe. And it was comprised of two pieces, the piece which was on the foot, and you had to tightly wrap it around your feet, which means if you want to really move with confidence, you've got to make sure peace is really affixed in place in your life. The very fact that it has all these straps means you've got to be active in making sure peace is really in your life and fixed in your life. And the bottom of those shoes had hobnails, which held you in place. The enemy will try to move you, but peace will hold you in place. Hey, Denise and I and our family can testify that in the more than 30 years we've lived in the former Soviet Union, the enemy has tried to move us many, many times. What's kept us here? The peace of God. It doesn't matter what the enemy does, we have peace that secures our position, and that's how we've been able to stay in our place for all these years. But you know those hobnails were also used for kicking the enemy. It's why I call the Roman shoe killer shoes. In Romans 16, verse 20, it says, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. If you know how to walk in peace, you can draw a lot of blood from the enemy as you march forward. If he tries to get in front of you, don't stop to ask him to move. Just keep marching and pound with your feet as you go on through. If he's dumb enough to stand in front of you, then he needs to be bruised and you have feet to bruise him under your feet. Amen. Amen. And have another piece of weaponry that went all the way from the foot to the knee, which was designed for protecting your shins so that even if the enemy kicked you, you wouldn't feel it. If you walked through rocky places, you wouldn't be cut or bruised. If you had to walk through thorny places, you wouldn't get scratched. And likewise, in life, you're going to go through events when the enemy tries to kick you, when the enemy tries to bruise you, when the enemy tries to scratch you. But divine peace is like a bubble. You know, Denise, sometimes people have said to you and me, how in the world are you going through what you're going through? And we don't even know what they're talking about. It's like they can see our conflict more than we can That is because we're insulated by this divine peace that I'm talking about. When you have the peace of God, it holds you in place and it gives you the ability to advance. But then we saw there also was the shield of faith. The word shield being a translation of the Greek word thurion, which is the very same Greek word for the door of your house. It describes something that is oblong and something that is wide. We saw last night, that when Roman soldiers came into the infantry, they were measured and they were provided a shield that covered them according to their own specifications. So if you're someone who has said, well, I just wish I had as much faith as he has or as much faith as they have, quit saying that because God measured you and God has given to every man, Romans 12, 3, the measure of faith, which means God gave you enough to make sure you're covered from top to bottom and side to side. And when you have faith, remember this word shield, is the same word for a door. It's a door opener. It will take you places. Faith will take you places. Amen. Um, and the Bible says, above all, the Greek means out front, in front of everything else. Faith is supposed to be out front. It is an aggressive force. Then the Bible says, and take the helmet of salvation. We saw that it says, and take A translation of the Greek word "dakomai," you have to take what is being offered. God gives us salvation, but the word salvation is more than heaven. It's healing, it's deliverance, it's preservation, it's safety from harm. Oh, there's so much in the package of salvation, and the Bible calls it the helmet of salvation, which means we need to do our part to take it, to receive it, to wrap it around our brain. Why? Well. Back in the days of the Roman army, the enemy carried an axe designed to take your head off. Likewise, the enemy wants to whack away at your brain and what you believe. He wants to whack out of your belief system healing. He wants to convince you through somebody that healing doesn't belong to you. Therefore, you need to make sure you really got it wrapped around your brain. This is something he can't take from you. Mm -hmm. He wants to whack out of your brain the belief that God will bless your tithe and your offering. Oh, he'll do his best to take that away from you. So you've got to wrap it around your brain. He'll try to take everything he can away from you and leave you with nothing but heaven. He doesn't care if you go to heaven. He just wants you to live a miserable life right now. So you have to take the helmet of salvation, something wrapped around the brain, and do everything you can to really make sure you know what your salvation is inside and out. Amen. Amen.
2: There's so much that the Lord has prepared for us. And if we know about it and if we meditate on it, then we'll see that manifest, the manifestation of those things in our lives. But if we allow the devil to steal it from us or if we begin to believe something else instead of the word of God, then those things that God has prepared for us won't work in our lives the way they're meant to work. So you need to be very careful to protect your brain, your ears, your eyes, everything that you're using to input information. Very, Be very careful and very intentional about how you put information into yourself.
0: But hold on, because so far we've only covered five pieces of weaponry, and a Roman soldier had seven. So there's got to be two more here, and there are. Look at verse 17. Ephesians 6, 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and... The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the word sword, the Greek word mekhetas, it describes a sword that was approximately nineteen inches long, with both sides being razor sharp. It was a two-edged sword that inflicted a wound far worse than other swords. And I've brought a replica. I say, Rick, where in the world did you get all these replicas? Well, that is first, beautiful. They sword. are replicas. And Denise and I one day were in Rome. That may sound very exotic, but Rome is only about two hours from where we live. So we were in Rome one day walking near the Pantheon and I just happened to walk into a store. And there were all these replicas of Roman weaponry. I thought, wow, we need these to teach on television. Well, we also got the sword. And notice that it has these little hooks on the side and the sword when it was not in use hung on the loin belt. See how everything's connected to the loin belt? That loin belt held the the shield when it was not in use. It held the sword when it was not in use. It held the breastplate together. I'm telling you, the Bible, which is the loin belt of truth, it holds everything together. You get out of your Bible, eventually things will start falling apart. Even if they belong to you, it's the Bible that centrally holds all the pieces together. But here is a replica of the sword of a Roman soldier. This really is a very good replica. And if you look at it and you pull it out, you see that it is a two-edged sword. Well, Paul, I want you to read Hebrews
2: 4, verse 12 and look at what it says. For the, for the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged, two-edged sword.
0: Mm-hmm. What does that mean, two-edged sword? Now, I have to tell you, friend, in Greek, this is really weird. But in Greek, it says, Distomas. That's so strange. It's translated two-edged but the word stomas is the word mouth. The word D means two. So two-edged, it really is two mouths. And here's what we find, and this is a truth that is so powerful. When the Word of God comes out of God's mouth, it has one edge. When it gets down inside you and begins to percolate, and then it comes out of your mouth, it's no longer a one-mouthed word. Now it's two mouths your mouth adds the second edge to the sword. It's one thing when God says something, but when it gets inside you and then it comes out of your mouth, it's suddenly stomas. It's a two-mouthed sword. Your own word, your verbalization of what God says adds a second edge to the blade. And my friends, these were fearsome weapons. Likewise, God's Word is powerful by itself. But when it's not spoken out of your mouth, there's something about it that is lacking. But when God's Word is spoken in the mouth of a believer, suddenly a second edge is added to the blade. And of course, the best illustration we find of this is Jesus himself. And when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was being tempted, Jesus answered the devil with the Word of God. When Jesus spoke the Word of God, it added a second edge to the blade and really put the devil on the run. And likewise, it's not enough just for us to have a Bible. We've got to get it in our hearts, in our mouth, coming out of our mouth. And when we speak, it, suddenly it's no longer a single-edged blade. It's a two-edged blade. It's a two-mouthed sword. And that is powerful, and the enemy will flee. And the Bible says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The word word is a Greek word, rhema. It describes the quickened word that God gives you at that moment. Now, we're full of the Word of God. But, you know, when the devil attacks us, Denise, can I see that Bible? We don't just take the Bible. Would you close it, please? We don't just take the Bible and wave the, the Bible in the face of the enemy. The Holy Spirit, out of the Scripture, will pull a word That word in our mouth has sword power. I say it has stabbing power, stabbing power. Notice that the sword is 19 inches long. This is what you use when the enemy is up close. And likewise, when you feel the enemy has gotten up close to you, the Word of God in your mouth has the ability to deal with him even if he's really up close. Isn't that powerful, guys? Mm
1: -hmm. Can I give an example? Yeah,
0: please do.
1: (coughs) Many years ago... When, um, God told, um, uh, Rick and I that, uh, we were to leave Arkansas and, and, uh, we were to go on the road and, uh, Rick was to develop his teaching gift going from state, you know, church to church, to church. Well, we'd never done that. We didn't know what we were doing. And, um, and we, and Paul was two years old and I was pregnant with Philip and, uh, I mean, we have. Almost zero money, and God is saying, uh, "You are to start a traveling ministry." And and so I told the Lord, I said, "Lord, I made a commitment when I married Him that I would follow Him anywhere, and I will. But I'm really scared, and I don't want to follow Him in fear." I want to follow in faith. I want to be right there with him. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I need you to help me. And that's what I told him. I said, I need your help. Well, we were in a church service and all of us together, we were praying in tongues together and praying in tongues and praying in tongues. And all of a sudden I looked down at my feet and the Holy Spirit, he took out that sword. And the word of God came to my heart and it was, I do direct the steps of a righteous man. I said, okay, Jesus, you direct his steps. I'm fully on board. It was the word of God that, that came from my mind, but out my mouth, that absolutely cut off the enemy of me being in fear or serving in fear or lack of faith. But through that word, I was able to s- serve with confidence and with freedom.
0: But you know something important, Denise, is the Holy Spirit gave you a word that was already in you. When people don't know the Bible, it means they're not going to have a sword very readily. That's why this sword is attached to the loin belt. The loin belt is the Bible. God will pull a word right out of the Bible and it will become a sword in your mouth and in your hand. But there's one more piece of weaponry we haven't covered. If we really have the whole armor of God, there has to be one more piece. Because so far we have covered what? The loin belt, the breastplate, right, the shoes, shoes, the shield, the helmet, and the sword. That's six pieces. Where is the lance? Every Roman soldier had a lance. And guess what? He didn't just have one, he had many. And the Roman soldier on the back side, resting on the pouch, on the the belt, there was a pouch. And in that pouch, he carried a sundry of different lances that were different sizes. One of them was so long. For example, the Thracians carried one sword that was so long that you had to put it together in the same way that people assemble a fishing pole. It was Mm. 24 feet long. Can you imagine a spear 24 feet long? There were spears to use up close. There were spears to use from a distance. But the primary purpose of a spear or a lance was to deal with the enemy from a distance. A sword is for up close combat. But if you have a spear and you use it correctly, you can hit the enemy from a distance so that you never have to use a sword. You can deal with the enemy from a distance. Well, where is the spear in this chapter? And it is in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. The Greek says, diapases pros It literally means pray with all manner of prayer, pray with all kinds of prayer, pray with all the kinds of prayer that are available for you to use. And Paul has in his mind this picture of a Roman soldier with all these various kinds of lances in his pouch. And here we find that one size does not fit all, there are different kinds of prayer. Here is a replica of a Roman Lance. But they were not all long like this. Some of them were short. Some of them were even longer than this. There were all kinds. And likewise, there are all kinds of prayers. For example, there is the prayer of thanksgiving. There's the prayer of petition. There's the prayer of faith. There's the prayer of consecration. There's all different kinds of prayers. And by the way, if you want to know more about all the different kinds of prayers that are available, A whole chapter in this book deals with the lands of prayer and supplication where I deal with all the different kinds of prayers that are available. I say that prayer is kind of like the tools in a toolbox. You have a hammer, you have a wrench, you have pliers, you have a screwdriver. You can't use a hammer like you use a screwdriver. They do different things, but they're both important in the appropriate time and place. And likewise, God has given to the church different kinds of prayer. You don't use the prayer of consecration like you use the prayer of faith, or you don't use the prayer of Thanksgiving like you use the prayer of agreement. These are all different kinds of prayer which God has put in our prayer pouch or in our prayer toolbox. And we need to know how to use every one of these kinds of prayer at the appropriate time and in the right situation. That's why you need to read this book. A whole chapter is dedicated to the various kinds of prayer that are available for you to use. When I was growing up and when Denise was growing up, we just thought one size fit all. I didn't know there were different kinds of prayer. In fact, I didn't even know much about prayer. I just knew we were supposed to pray. Nobody even taught me how to pray. I didn't know much about prayer. There are different kinds of prayer. And this is what I call, are you ready for this? Our spear of influence. If we know how to use prayer correctly, we have influence in the spirit realm. Prayer is a sphere of influence. But when you put all these pieces of weaponry together, combined with the tunic that a Roman soldier wore, and his leather skirt, and all the other various pieces of leather that he was wearing, this weaponry was really heavy. It was heavy. And that's why Paul began in verse 10... By saying, be strong in the Lord. You can't even function in this weaponry unless you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you power to carry all of this. The Holy Spirit gives you power for the fight. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, or maybe you just need a brand new infilling and you want somebody to pray with you, call us, one 800 742 55 we will pray with you or send us an email and just ask us to pray with you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll get real specific when we hear from you. And God will give you all the power you need for the fight and power to carry all this weaponry. Guys, this has been good this week. Wow, we're out of time. But hey, be sure to get the book, get the series, get the free download. Just go to renner.org right now or give us a call one 800 7425593 we'll respond just as quickly as we hear from you and when you go to bed tonight remember psalm 4 verse 8 which says i will both lay me down in peace and sleep and the lord will protect me that's your promise for tonight we'll see you on monday bye bye if that teaching helped you would you please subscribe like and comment so more people can see it